What's up, everybody? That's right. It's that time of the week again, bitch. <laughs> it's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast, and I am your trash-talking host, Christy Miller, and this week we have somebody I love dearly, a legend in the comedy world. He's going to get so mad at me for saying that. He's going to punch me in the face when the camera's off. <laughs> I've known him for a hundred years, it feels like. Been a minute, yeah. Been a minute. And uh, this guy, you've seen him on, what was it, VH1 stand-up stand-up? Comedy Central. It was Comedy Central. Whatever. It's the same fucking network. <laughs> fucking losers. They don't do anything. Comedy Central doesn't do comedy anymore, and VH1 doesn't do music. So, yeah. So, but uh, I used to watch stand-up stand-up when I was a new jack, so. <laughs> when I was like a little embryo, but this guy's a, 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 a world-class headlining comedian. Can I talk today? You know, it's, it's fucking comics. We're, we're broadcasting from the comic strip, and I'm sorry, but it smells like the comedy clubs of the 80s. This <laughs> dirty ashtray in here. Who the fuck is smoking in here? It's terrifying. <laughs> He's a comedy legend. He's an author. He's a producer. He's a musician. He is an, an actor. Yeah. And he's black. Give it up for Collins. Yeah. More pecan brown. But. Damn. He said pecan. Okay. <laughs> it's pecan. Oh, I'm sorry, pecan. You know, we're bougie over here. Oh, it's, oh right. <laughs> Pecan. Pecan. It's a pecan. Pecan. All right, got it. Pecan. <laughs> All right. So what's up? I'm uh, I'm here for you. Wait, I love, let's talk. Wait, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. We go way back. This is yeah. this. Is, like I'm sorry, like I have like a lot of new jacks on here talking about the industry and their experiences and with this whole tech age that we did not have any right. advantage over. Right, right. You know, we started out, you know, I tell people like Mitzi gave us a light with a candle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The fish you know? and she would float it. Float it. Oh, get off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually it wasn't Mitzi, it was actually one of the ghosts of the comedy store would just carry the candle. <laughs> Yeah. Like our our idea of like uh, putting a status update that we have a show somewhere was putting flyers and windshields mm-hmm. of cars in West Hollywood. Wow. Or standing out in front of the Whiskey Go Go at two a.m. Come see to now, my show, come to my show. See now, you're more West Coast because I started on in East Coast. Rude. Yeah, I started on Boston. Yeah. But I did. Sure you did. Yeah, but I I did go out to L.A. for for a while. And that's the, when I met you was in L.A. Right. And I um. I knew Missy, uh, Mitzi when um, she was here in New York when when uh, the whole improv with the oh, Brett Freeman. Yep. Yeah, that's oh my god, that's back in the day. Now. When I was your age, yeah. people they were on strike and everybody was upset because they weren't getting paid and the clubs were coughing and everything. And then a guy jumped out of the Hyatt window and ended the strike. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, uh, Jay Leto crossed the picket line. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was a good time. Was he time? Yeah, I was going to say it was some good times. Some interesting times. Yeah, definitely. Well, you started out in Boston. Well, actually, no, I'll tell you. Honestly, I started out in Springfield, Massachusetts. That's where I'm from, originally, Springfield, Massachusetts. And um, they uh, needed an MC. Well, there was this guy named Mark Rossi, who's the book comedian from New York. I remember Mark. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 400 pounds. Oh. <laughs> this guy was 400 pounds. Yeah. And um, he died. I wonder why. Uh, oh, he was such a health nut. Oh man, I, he would. No one ha- saw that coming. <laughs> he would. He would order a, a whole pizza pie, roll it up like a taco, and eat it like a taco. My God. Yeah, or a burrito. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna try that later. <laughs> 
But anyway, um, so he would book uh, comedians from New York, and I would uh, drive them around because they did like a little mini tours, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. And I would uh, open for them, and um, that's what I, I learned a lot from like the old jacks. The, you know, oh man, the, the list goes on and on. And then um, I got like good twenty, a good solid twenty minutes together. Then I went to Boston, and then I met uh, the infamous Barry Katz. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, that took up, that took off, and uh, I quit my job, and um, so then Comedy Central was starting, mm-hmm. and he said they needed they needed a host, and so I um, auditioned for, it and I got the, got the thing, got the part, or got the got the gig, got the gig, I guess, yeah, yeah. hosting <laughs> uh, stand up. No, you were great on that show. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. You're, yeah, yeah. You're hilarious, anyway. No oh, thanks. You know, appreciate that. Fucking oh. hilarious. Thank you. That's all I got. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> it was a good time. Good so, time. So you came to Boston. You worked mm-hmm. there. And then what? where did you go first, New York or L.A.? New York. Okay. Because I, st- yeah, I stayed in New York and um, uh, did a lot of commercials. And um, I, I had uh, what they call heat on me. And um, I did a um, uh, a pilot with uh, one of the Baldwin brothers. That's what, that's what got me out to L.A., Danny Baldwin, actually. And that was a dis- It's always the goofy one that gets you in. <laughs> It was it was a disaster. Of course it was. It was a disaster. So I stayed out in LA for a little bit, but I really enjoyed stand up and um the the stand up scene in LA is not as it is in, in New York City. No. You know. It's different. Right. Very I, different. I consider um stand up here like jazz musicians. You know, they really they really take pride in like writing the joke. You know, in LA it's more showmanship, it's more right. being seen. Yeah, I always tell people if you I always ask, especially like young comics, they're like, which way should I go? I go, well, do you want to work mm-hmm. or do you want to showcase? Right, right. Oh, I don't know. I go, well, then you need to stay in New York and work because you can work your ass off. Yeah, yeah. And get your shit together. It'll make you strong. It'll mm-hmm. put some hair on your balls. Right, right. And then you can go out to L.A. and show everybody your balls. Yeah. And you can tell you can tell the uh, New York comics from the L.A. comics, you know, because mm-hmm. the the, the uh, L.A. comics were are more, like I said, more showy, more yeah. um, actor outish, whatever. But um, the New York comics were they're, they're more the brain, more cerebral. Do you say uh, I act out? No, you I be, do. I really do. But you, you, you've been in New York long enough <laughs> yeah. to realize. Even when I was in L.A., because I'm from California. Uh, right. And I was raised in the Bay Area. Okay. And I moved to L.A. and then started stand-up then, because I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the comedy store and get a job as a waitress. I was like 24, mm-hmm. 25. And I said, if I don't, if I get a job as a waitress, that means I have to do stand-up. Mm. And if it doesn't, then I'm not supposed to be there. Okay. And I'll leave and right. let it go. Right, right, right. First, I walked in, and the day manager at the time, Dave Schuler, big queen, big bear, we met 30 seconds. I had the job. I hung out with him for two hours. We're drinking tea, talking shit, <laughs> just having the best time. And then right. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be in this building. Right, right. So that's how it worked. But, yeah, but everybody always thought then I was from New York. Hmm. Cause you you had that swag. If yeah. Talk about you. Yeah. That's from that's from San Francisco. There you go. All right. Yeah. Okay. We, we hate people. We really do. We're not nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Oaktown, baby, what's up, Oaktown? What's up? Shout out to Oaktown. <laughs> My Raiders suck. Anyways. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, it's all right. You don't have to because it's already been said. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's there. Uh, that's sad. So. That's because I met you in LA at the comedy store, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit, Lolly Collins, you fucking hilarious!" <laughs> and uh, so, did you when you came up? Because we all we came up in the dark days where there was no electricity, no phones. You know, <laughs> we had stone tablets as fucking notebooks. Yeah, you know. 
we put it fire by fire exactly yeah. <laughs> we sent smoke signals to get you know right how much time do i have left from the smoke signals exactly. <laughs> we only had th- two to 13 the channels you know oh, right. exactly exactly how do you think how are you navigating now being old school comic coming mm-hmm. up and actually having a name but how is it working for you now with all this technology and all these platforms and all these outlets to yeah, you know get out there i was just talking about this the other day is that um i have to change my mindset um back in the day it was like you know just going out and being funny yeah. and you know your funniness will yeah, get you there it, you you had to be funny to get booked yeah and then people oh you're funny come do my room you're funny right. go showcase here yeah, yeah yeah but now um you know we, we live such in a digital world is that people go right to their phones yeah. and they want to say was is he funny let me check him out and you know you gotta you gotta you gotta put stuff on you know, on the internet you know yeah. I mean because I I do it too you know if any if anyone I want to check out I'll see if they're you know if, oh I you know, totally stalk them and go is this person any good yeah. suck yeah can I make fun of them <laughs> so yeah so it's it's just a matter of a, a a mindset of changing the uh, um your mindset and understanding it's kind of like it's kind of like marketing you know when you're like I'm you know that took that took me a while to you know to I don't know change my thinking whatever it's like selling merch after your uh, after your show oh yeah you know, your t-shirts or some you know your cds or whatever and that took a minute but um but i guess it's it's all evolving it's, it's all part of the business a part of um stand-up is um you know how are you getting your stuff out there how i almost feel like you? now it's taken over the stand-up hmm. like your online presence is yeah. who you are and your act is just second nature yeah and it's really disheartening because yeah. i'm not from that you're not from no, that. so no. i spend all this time writing and working and perfecting bits and going on and and you know i love i love the shithole rooms because mm-hmm. then i can work right right try shit out and do all this stuff and then get it ready for the a clubs but right. like it's a, that doesn't even exist anymore no no and the thing too which it's kind of breaks my heart is that a lot of these comedy clubs will book these comedians uh, or these people these online presence because they have so many followers yeah and they, they'll get the butts in the seats but can they sustain you know they, can they entertain them for you know an hour no mm, they really can't they, they're lucky they can do i remember this is a great story um a fan turned friend husband and wife from mm. minnesota mm. Um, said that there was a YouTuber, like TikTok mm-hmm. comic, playing at one of the clubs out there because mm-hmm. he lives not in Minneapolis. He's like an hour outside, so mm-hmm. he was in like some shithole club. But they they were there, and it sold out, packed. Mm-hmm. You know what? Thirty five bucks a ticket. That's mm-hmm. Minnesota, so that's like a hundred bucks here. <laughs> right, right. And the 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 kid went on stage with a screen. Mm. And played videos from his YouTube channel. Remember when I did this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Fuck my jokes. <laughs> so it was a TED talk, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the thing. It's um, I heard that too. Uh, in other uh, what they call it, influencers would do yeah. that. They just show their videos. You know, not necessarily not necessarily do anything. And then they did a Q and A after. Did they do like? Well, but I'm I'm gonna guess yes. Yeah. Because influencer, influenza, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all the same shit. But I don't think they're going to last. I have a prediction because you and I have lived through the 90s and -hmm. the dark days where comedy ate a dick. Mm -hmm. And there was nobody going to the comedy store. You know, we'd get spots. They're like, oh, should we even go? It's going to, but we'd show up and touch the mic and get our little $15 back Mm -hmm. then. Right, right. And, uh, but at the same time, it's like, 
I feel like we're in that again, but it's just a different thing because all these TikTokers, all these Instagram influencers with 100,000 followers, they're all getting these shows Mm -hmm. and taking over these road clubs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's our dark day. Mm. And then until we get our followers up and stuff, it's, you know, but I don't think they're going to last. There's nothing to sustain. They don't have that grit, that mm. that hustle that we had, mm. or that a regular. Even the I've introduced, uh, like introduced, the, the interview. God, I can't even talk anymore. Like New Jacks are like you know like the seven to ten year eras. Yeah. You know, just hitting their stride, hitting Indeed. their, just learning their voice. Right, right. And they're even telling me like, yeah, this is, they're taking over mm-hmm. and. They're they're having like issues with it too, and it's like it doesn't even matter. I go, you guys, don't worry about it. You'll be, you'll be fine by the mm-hmm. time these, but the, like I think in the next five years, a lot of them are literally just going to vanish mm. because they can't. How are you going to sell out a show, and then come back later and try to do it again six months or a year later at that club? Right. How are you going to win those people over that you kind of wasted your time with? I guess show more of those videos. Yeah. <laughs> you better get somebody else's in Instagram account on there. Yeah. <laughs> they saw all those videos already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to evolve and yeah. it's going to change and morph, I should say. Yeah, because yeah, I'm also noticing, cause remember back, you know, it's like you had to be funny, even in like... Yeah. Even like even like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, around that era when Twitter was out and just you know starting, and Ashton Kutcher was the first guy to get a, a million followers, and everybody's, oh, right, like, that's right. so cool. And then the comedy club started saying, "Well, you have to have Twitter followers." Remember that? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't spend any money on marketing, and look how that worked out. Yeah. Because everybody was buying followers, and not every follower lives in New York City. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they live in bumfuck. You know, that's where they get their entertainment in mm. the phone. So, they're they're not putting butts in seats. So mm. then it started to tank. So then they started putting funny comics on again. Then it kind of shifted. So. Since that was a small shift, this is a bigger wave. Like, that was a small wave. Oh, I can ride a little bit of the wave, surf into the beach. But now, here's a big wave. All right, we got to ride this for a while until we get to the beach safely. Right. But it's, I think it's going to go through that again because everything is in cycles anyway. Everything repeats. Right. And so I'm not worried about it. It's frustrating and it's annoying Mm because then all of a sudden you get all this work and all of a sudden work dries up. Right. And you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm Mm -hmm. trying everything, you know, Mm -hmm. let alone like, I don't want to, you know, I'm 53. So I don't think anybody wants to see my tits and ass on an Instagram picture. You'd be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, you know what I mean? Like these young comics, these girls that are getting booked because they're all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing all that. I I had the comic strip tonight at eight o'clock show. <laughs> I'm like, what eight o'clock show was that? Yeah. <laughs> Dirty girl. But I think what it is, it it comes down to money, you know. Um hundred percent. You know, these these clubs have to stay open somehow, some way. And there you go. You know. Yeah. Keep the lights on. Keep the lights on. Exactly. Well shit. I'll just pay the Con Ed bill. We'll just work every night and not worry about these fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that world. It's, it's, I've been doing a lot of independent rooms instead of okay. the clubs in the city. Okay. Cause you know, the clubs in the city have gone through this weird, like change of the guard, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. They've got all these young kids now mm-hmm. and even other clubs have just replaced their bookers. And I'm like, right. she's 14. Yeah. Like the bookers are 14. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Well, they got the, they got the thumb on the post of the Instagram algorithm comic. And I'm like. She's 14. She doesn't know what comedy is. And they're charged. And they're, I'm like, okay. 
Yeah, I, I'll, that's, that's all. The, that's a good good point too. Is like their content, or you know, they haven't lived, you know, long enough, or you know, experienced things. You know? Yeah, I mean, you look at these younger comics, and a, a lot of this stuff's got to come from the crotch, or you know, talk about sex or some kind of bodily. Oh, well, it's about masturbation. I'm like, yeah. okay, so you're you're a year in. Yeah, and you know, and it just that's their life experience, you yeah. know, and. In a lot of these uh, these rooms, they think that you know putting these young people in there too, you know, or, like or getting that young audience. I, I just think it's limited, um, you know. It, Big time. It just goes with so far. You know, the average audiences, if you look, are like anywhere from thirty to like sixty. Mm. They're not twenty year old. Right. I've done shows that literally the like twenty and twenty one or twenty two in the front row and they've never seen comedy live before and they have no idea what's going on. Right. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Like you never like it blows my mind because I was a kid <laughs> listening to albums. Right. Right. You know, I watched it on Showtime when mm-hmm. that came out. Mm-hmm. And the you know, that's when I was like seven years old I wanted to be a comedian. Right. Okay. So okay. you know how fucked up my childhood was. We'll be right back. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's like these. Oh, I'm. It's lockdown. I could be a comic. Right. Yeah. Fucking oh. boom. Oh. Yeah. We had a tsunami. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was actually in Nashville, and I was doing this like this little independent room. This girl produces a lot of comedy shows. She's not a comedian. She just she just hates the fact that Zanies has the has the. Uh, the stronghold on the comedy scene there yeah they monopolize it and they don't use any mm. local talent right and so it kind of pissed her off she thought that was bad mm. so she started doing independent rooms all over nashville you know nashville's spread out you know it's everywhere and uh nashville is almost as big as you know it reaches all the way to new york almost it's mm. so spread out okay but she has rooms in all these different and it's really building up so right. i was doing one of her rooms i was out there doing other stuff and i did one of her rooms and they're all new jacks because they don't have any talent out there. So why would Zanies, who's local, because, you know, it's 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 a catch-22. Right. So these kids have nowhere to go up. So then they're doing all these independent rooms, and these independent rooms kind of pay. Yeah. And so I, I'll do them. If I'm, if I'm doing nothing, I'll, hey, I'll right. pop in. Right. And there was one on one of the shows. There was a girl. She was an Indian girl. And she told me she just started doing stand-up on Zoom in lockdown. And... She can I tell you she was the funniest one on the show. No kidding. Out of all those kids that didn't start that started before lockdown. Wow. And I go, you have something. I go, you have a point of view. You have material. I go, it's, you know, it's all your life. I go, it's adorable. I th- I go, please don't quit because mm-hmm. I go, I hate you Zoom comics, but you you I like you <laughs> step aside. <laughs> we'll set a fire to the other ones. But you adorable. Like you know, there's always like a. A piece of gold in every pile of coal. Right, right. But, right know, there's a right. prize in every cereal box. Right. Not in mine because I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> My mom had to pay extra for the prize. Gotcha. <laughs> she put a quarter inside the bag and tie it up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people. The jokes don't write themselves. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> and then Zoom comics, they don't? <laughs> no, right. <laughs> but, uh, I, but, you know, um, have you? I I don't because I'm I'm so bad at social media. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad. I try. Mm-hmm. I I really try, mm-hmm. but I get annoyed with it. Right. How ha, have you had success with it? Have you had things go viral or get a lot of hits or have you? Do you even bother with it? Um. No. Nothing. Nothing has gone viral. Um. But I do understand that that is the way to go because 
me myself, I'll jump on my phone and, and research someone on my phone. So um, I have to, it's really hard. I, I have to you know, be diligent and convince myself that I have to post something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I guess it's, and some of these comics, you know, like some of these older comics, you know, they, they got into the rhythm and they got into it and, and, and they, you know, they're flowing with it. But for me, you know, I forget. Yeah. You know. Yeah, me too. I, 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 you know, I do the podcast and I'll do clips and stuff, but sometimes I forget. I usually record everything on my audio mm-hmm. because I'm working on things. So no. that way I have the audio. I can just listen to it. I don't need to watch it. Right, right. I just need to listen and go, oh, okay, I want to take that joke this way. Oh, that worked. Let me add this. Right, right. You right. know, and that's I audio. So it's sometimes I really forget. Yeah, video. I yeah. forget tripods. I'm a hundred. So yeah. like, I mean, that's that's another thing too. Is like you know now you got to pack your tripod. You know you got to track your camp. You bring your camera. You I know, feel like pack. a VH photo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's. But I mean, but that's the sad part. You know, because I I love the fact that I can show up to a gig. You know, just wearing clothes. Now yeah. I have to show up at the, with a gig with a backpack, but to have my tripod. And like in this club right here. Um, I forgot it was a, a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in the back of the room, there were three pipe tripods. Yeah, you know, and because these comics were they're recording themselves. Yeah, you know, and I and I felt bad, you know, for me, and I was like, oh, I should be done. I should have done that. You yeah, know? but I didn't bring my I didn't bring my uh my my, my tripod and stuff. So, but yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's the it's the new Jack. It's the new way of doing things, and I just have to be more like I said, more to adjust. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, I to adjust, yeah. and, I, and I'm adjusting, and I don't mind it. You know, I just I I forget. I'm like you. I right. forget about. Oh fuck! I forgot my tripod. Right. Oh shit! All right, forget it. I'll just audio it. At least I'll have the audio right. and work on stuff. But it's just like we have to like drive a U-Haul just to get to a gig. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the gig. It's so funny. And then like, you know, but I've been finding out too. Like, you know, I I'd rather put out. I put out content. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to put out content because mm-hmm. that's more sustainable to me. Right. Having actual content that people can go back and listen to right. or watch or whatever than just putting up, you know, something quick and quick, like a crowd work piece. You know, right. like, oh, everybody's yeah. crowd work. You know? <laughs> Before the album, when I put my album out this last, it came out in March, and uh, I would only put out like crowd work because I was working on the album and I don't oh. want to release anything right. until. The album came out. Then I made clips right, right. of it and to promote the album. Right. And then, but I'm, but I'm still, I'm like, everybody does crowd work, and like yeah. that's the big. Well, I mean, that's the reason they they do crowd work because they want to burn through the material. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of sad because um, people who watch comics, they see a lot of these comics doing crowd work, they think that's all it. That that's all it is. Yeah. And then audiences come. Do you find this audiences come in? And they want to be involved. Mm-hmm. They, they're expecting you to mm-hmm. engage with them. For mm-hmm. I mean, my act is very crowd worky right. because I use the crowd to set up bits. I segue them into it and kind of personalize it. Mm-hmm. But it's just a way for me to use it as a setup. Right. And I manipulate it that way. But so I don't mind hecklers. Right. I don't oh. mind people shouting out. I I thrive on it because then I can destroy them. It's fun. Right. Right. You know me. I'm I'll go for the jug. I don't give a fuck. It's mm-hmm. funny to me. So um, it just makes it more fun and more personable. Right. And uh, so, but it's, I always find like, even like comics that aren't like that, like people want to get involved and they're like, no, I'm a storyteller. Right. You know, I don't do stuff like that. And then when it happens and these crowds want to get involved and they start shouting out shit and then it's, 
it's kind of rude. You know, back in the day, remember, we used to throw them out. Yeah. You get Chewy to come in. Hey, bro, you can't say, come on, bro. You got to go, bro. Hey, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, here, bro. <laughs> Comedy cops, to call them. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, there was uh, I, one night, it was, uh, it was all a setup, too. And, of course, because, you know, all these kids that prank. Mm-hmm. On, oh, on TikTok and and yeah. and, and we, we said the TikTok, the tick. <laughs> okay, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> on the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Facebook. <laughs> I get on the Facebook. <laughs> why does it have a face? It's a book. It shouldn't have a face. I don't know why they call. Why don't they just call it, you know, tech book or uh, phone book? Oh, I like that one. It's been. I know. <laughs> Shut up, Nana. <laughs> but you know how these kids go in and prank people mm-hmm. well one night this is maybe like a year ago i was doing you know janice massetti mm-hmm. crazy ass janice we love her i'm dead <laughs> she does her show at broadway every week mm-hmm. so i did her show one night and there was these three kids in the front row that were being obnoxious before the show started. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like, and uh, she was, you know, she hosts her show and my buddy Eric Marino was first and I was second. So we got there early and, and they were being obnoxious. They were jumping up on the stage, what? grabbing the mics. And I'm like, Janice, you need to curtail that. Cause at first I thought it was one of Janice's little open micers that she mentors. Right, right. Because they were obnoxious. They were sitting up front. They acted like they'd been there. Right, right. And, and I'm like, Janice, you need to get that shit in check. And she was a little nervous about addressing them because I think she was worried they were going to leave and she didn't want to have that big hole in the front row. Right, right. And I'm like, Janice, who cares? I don't give a fuck. Get, them, get that shit in check. So they're giving her a hard time and they're heckling and stepping on her and doing all this shit. She goes to bring up Eric, the first comic, my buddy. And the kid jumps up on the stage with him. And Eric's a big dude. No kidding. And... And Janice, like, get the, you know, sit down or whatever, you know, if you, it's, but she wouldn't do anything about it. So they were giving Eric a hard time. Mm. And Eric, you know, he's been a writer for, you know, since the 90s. He wrote on, you know, Ellen's um, uh, puppy dog episode when mm-hmm. she came out of the closet on her sitcom. Remember that? that was his first writing gig okay. all the way up to Saturday Night Live. Okay. And so he's written on everything. And so he's up there and they're giving him a hard time. And he's just like, and Eric snaps makes the kid come up because you think you're funny fucking day and yelling at him. I'm dying. But the whole room is like on edge. The audience is like freaking out because you know it's not funny. Right. And right. the kids were not funny. Right. So I'm like, oh fuck. I said, well, scratch my set. I'm gonna have to go spank some fucking children. Mm-hmm. Because you know mama has to take care of everything. So Eric struggles and deals with them because he's fighting with them. His whole set is fighting with them. And the audience, you could feel the tension in the room. So I go up. I didn't even give a fuck. I started yelling. Like, we just started going at it with each other. And mm. I, and he said something to me. And I said, dude, I could out bench press your dad, you fucking <laughs> fuck. Get the fuck. Dude, I'm more of a man than you will ever be, you twi- Like, you know, just going in on him. And just well, and the crowd's liking it, but they're nervous. Right. Because right. it was starting to get, I go, they come. He goes, I don't hit women. I said, neither do I, but I'm willing to take that chance tonight, ma'am. <laughs> and so the kids stood up, and that's when finally Janice went and got the security, right. and we threw them out. Mm. And and it was the tension was so tense, and it was and my set was only ten minutes. Wow. So six minutes of that was fighting with these kids. So we get them out, and I said, good. And I said, all right, I'll see you kids at home. And the, uh, and the audience started laughing because I'm like, I got to make a light of it somehow. Right. 
So I go, okay, you guys ready? I'm going to start the show now. And they applauded. So then I did another five minutes, got the crowd going, had a good time. And people were coming up after like, you're like, wow, you really like, I've never seen anything like that. It was those kids were so obnoxious. Thanks mm. for getting them thrown out mm. and all this stuff. And it was cool. But I was so irritated that they would come and do that. Well, right. a few months later, oh boy, I'm at the gym and the girl that works at the front desk of the gym and she goes, Dude, do you know you're going viral on TikTok? And I'm like, huh? I'm not even on TikTok. Right. And she goes, dude, it's these kids were at a comedy club in New York. They were from like Oregon. Mm. And they were fucking with the comics to get them upset. And all their fans like, oh, she's not funny. She's terrible. And and all this stuff said, wait for the third one. Wait for the third one. Because it was Janice, Eric, and then me. And then I got them thrown out. And they're like, oh, she's a cunt. She's a bit. And all this stuff. And I'm laughing. I'm like, Oh my God. And it, so it's like, I, I would go, I'm glad I yelled at them. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I threw that. I should have fucked him up. I should have punched him in his face. <laughs> that would have been viral. That would have went viral. <laughs> and I would have been happy about that. I would go to, I would get three hots and caught for that. That would, that would have been worth it. You know, like a, one of my favorite things on Saturday Night Live, Michael Che and Weekend Update. Mm. He talked about the kid in Virginia who was a YouTuber, went in the mall to prank and prank some dude, and the dude shot him. Kid. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he goes, goes, yeah, a YouTuber pranked a guy in the Virginia mall, and he got shot. Good. <laughs> Best joke ever on <laughs> SNL. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like, so like when they start heckling like that, now I'm always thinking, are you guys trying to do this on purpose and make me go viral again? Right, right. But I didn't get no credit for this. <laughs> come on man i i'm in a viral video and i couldn't even get followers come on <laughs> so rude <laughs> wow yeah okay how about you <laughs> uh never shot what, what is your uh never shot anyone. you're so nice i never shot anyone have you what was do you remember like like what was like one of the worst shows you ever had like worst experiences that went, oh my God, that was a nightmare. Have you ever had one of those? Um, no, I'm perfect. No, no. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm thinking which one I want to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, there's the Apollo where I got booed off stage and they aired they aired it. But here, here's the the bittersweet of it. I'm getting residual checks. <laughs> So how do you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, this motherfucker. Yeah, but then Kaching. Yep. Um, but actually, um, when I first started, I was uh working in this really really redneck uh, biker bar in Connecticut. Say no more. <laughs> it's kind of redundant. Yeah, and um, of course I was the only chip in the cookie, and um, you know they're heckling me and. This guy heckles me in and I and I give a zinger back to him and the friends are like, oh, I got you, got you. So he figures that he could do another one and he um and I got him back, you know, I kinda like topped him, whatever, whatever. Of course. And then um he dropped the N-word. Oh him. God. He just said something about nigga. Oh my God. That is like the most white cop out. Yeah. Word. And so but what happened though, he thought that was going to that was my trigger, you know? And I was like, um, there's there's one in here? And they looked at because I'm afraid of him too. <laughs> and so they're all like, oh. So then he leaned back and he had a revolver in his pants. And he like, goes, you afraid of this? Started tapping it. And that's when I was like, yeah, all right, I got to go. It's a good yeah. night, everybody. So, so I don't know which was worse, like the Apollo or the guy flashing his gun. He's like, get off my property. Yeah. <laughs> that's the sun downtown. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like your kind. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. I'd rather have the Apollo. <laughs> Seriously, 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a toss up. I mean, like I said, I'm you know I'm getting residual checks, getting booed off stage, and then you know it, it's it's a tough one to say. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't want that to happen. No, right? No, nobody does. So, but uh, at least you uh, got booed off the stage, so you know you're not hood. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> no, I never was, and I never tried to be. Nope. Nah. And um, you're just a person. Like I'm a person. Like it's so funny how like. Even like with the like with the comics, like I do a lot of black room. Mm -hmm. I love them because of Paul Mooney when I worked with him all those years. So yeah. I really got to get into the Chitlin circuit a mm -hmm. little bit, and it mm -hmm. was fun. I I had a good time because mm -hmm. my act is insane, so it works. Mm -hmm. So you know, but it's so funny when I watch these room these kids in these rooms, and they're hilarious. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, wow, this is like neighborhood comedy. Mm -hmm. This is like within a five block radius. It's never going to go mainstream. No one's going to relate. I relate to it because I know the area you're talking about. I'm familiar with the culture and all this stuff in the neighborhood. So I know I think it's funny mm -hmm. and I think you're great. But it's like it's never going to leave that little part of the borough. You know, it's interesting. My father, when Def Jam was happening, my father used to watch Def Jam mm -hmm. and um, it, 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 it kind of bothered me because he was like, because I'm not a Def I wasn't a Def Jam comic. But I remember he was watching it one time. And I was watching it with him, and and he was one comic that he, he he was laughing. He goes, "Yeah, he was funny, but now what?" You know, I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "What is where's he gonna go with that?" Uh huh. And I was like, "You get it like that?" He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "It's yeah, it's funny for us, but he's limited." He goes, "You you go further, you go yeah. further, you do corporate, you do you do cruises, and so you're more relatable." You do you do comedy, yeah, for the people, yeah. So and not for a certain group of people yeah so my father he, he got it and, oh um yeah they're, they're both very encouraging my mother and my father very encouraging yeah that's amazing yeah hey okay well that part's really awkward <laughs> <laughs> see it was it's not awkward for me but awkward for you so yeah. it's, it's interesting how we were raised <laughs> i know right <laughs> well my mom, my mom was hilarious okay. she she really encouraged she loved that i did stand up okay and uh, I have a funny story about Paul Mooney when she met him the first time. Because oh Paul loved my mother. Oh, my old oh, homie. Your mom is too funny. So, so um, he was at uh, the, the San Francisco's right when I started doing stand-up. So I wasn't ready to go on the road with him. When mm -hmm. I drove up to San Francisco to see him at the punchline. Mm -hmm. So he's like, honey, tell your mom and your brother and everybody to come out and I'll give them tickets. I said, okay, perfect. So... My mom and my brother and my two close friends, James and Vince, who now live in Weehawken. They lived in San Francisco. Okay. And, uh, you know, and uh, my two best friends that, uh, from childhood and, and me and another comic who's a doorman who disappeared named Neil Feinberg. Okay. Yeah. Nobody cares. And uh, <laughs> poor kid. And so I drove up with Neil because he was a doorman at the comedy store. So we rode up together and my mom's there. And I don't even tell her. I don't even think to tell her he's black and that his act is very racial. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't even dawn on me, okay. right? Because she heard all these things about this great man who's like, a, you know, taking me under his wing and he's like a father to me and I am get to work with him sometimes and he's teaching me a lot and all this stuff. So we go and we're sitting at the table we're in our little section and the comic goes up first, kills it. Don't remember who it was. And then some San Francisco guy. Mm -hmm. And then comes Paul. And it was right around the time when... The, they were bombing black churches in the South. Remember that? In like the 90s. I was going to say 1954? Yeah. No, yesterday. 
Like, so there was like in, like in Alabama or something. There was some white trash clans been bombing black churches. Oh, you talking about what they do? Dr. King era, but no. No, it was in the nineties. Nineties, yeah. Okay. So there was like a late night. It was like the early, like the mid to late nineties, like okay. ninety six maybe. And uh, so Mooney comes on stage and he sits down. You know how Mooney is? He's like, oh, sorry, I was late. Uh, I was busy putting bombs throughout white churches in San Francisco. <laughs> and the crowd erupts because that's what's going on in the news. Right. And my mom falls out laughing. I'm looking at her going, oh, I, oh I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't even think to tell her because she doesn't care either. Right. She, my mom was very, you know, really cool. Right. And then she's watching. She's dying laughing at everything. And then she leans in and she goes, oh, honey, he's not all black. He has white features. And I go, Mom, what? A car? A house? A white wife? What? <laughs> I go, I, and I'm like, what does that mean? So my mom likes to drink her wine okay. and party and have a good time when she was with us. And so after the show, take her back you know, to the back to meet her because Mooney, Mooney wanted to meet her. Mm -hmm. And she, wanted, she was in love with him. Like she thought he was the greatest thing. Mm -hmm. And so my mom's a little drunk. And she's like, oh, Mr. Cooney, I had such a wonderful time. I thought I was going to have to give him oxygen. And that name stuck for the next few months at the comedy store. We all called him Mr. Cooney. Oh, we were dying. He loved that. Oh, he was, ah, that's so funny. <laughs> Your mom is too funny, homie. And she didn't mean it that way. She was just drunk. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that's fun. But it was such a great, it was so like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved her. And every time he would play the punchline, she would go. Hmm. Okay, I'm a true fan. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, call your mom, tell her I'm coming. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So, but uh, so before we wrap up here, I always love these questions mm -hmm. to tell and ask. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a legend and you have one of my favorite jokes. And I told you this the last time we did the show together out oh, to Jersey about you talk about your wife. She's Dominican. Oh. All the traits and she bats 337. <laughs> I died. I died. I died. I died. I laugh so hard because it's such a great line. Oh, you just slide it in. Like it's, <laughs> you know, she does this, she does that. She bats 337. She's just, you know, like it's a matter of fact. Like, right. oh, yeah, they do always do that. <laughs> Hilarious. That joke kills me. I even told Gina Savage. I said, that thing killed oh. me. She goes, oh, my God. Uh, but um, is there a comic, and I have a list of, of bits, but mm -hmm. is there a comic that you've seen that you worked with or whatever, and you go, fuck, that bit is funny. I wish I had written that. Um, Yeah, there are, but I'll, I'll tell you, I I learned, the, I think the bigger thing was that I learned a technique or I learned um, how to tell a joke. Yes. Like from, from like from the great ones. And because um, I, I, I thought about this and... Um, which I thought was was amazing was that I, mean, I was talking to Jerry Seinfeld, and we're talking about excuse uh, me, let me pick that. Okay, there's a reason why. <laughs> no, I know teasing. There's a reason why I said it's great. Um, is because we're talking about a, a noisy room, mm -hmm. and um, you know, trying to uh, uh, control a noisy room, and he goes, a lot of these, a lot of comics think if you talk louder. You know, if you talk above them, mm -hmm. you're, you know, you, you'll, you'll finally, they'll finally quiet down. And he goes, no, talk softer. Yeah. Because he says, because quiet is more distracting than noise. Yep. And I was like, ah. And so I tried it and I just started talking softer and, and like a, a slower pace. And it was crazy that the audience started shushing each other 
because they wanted to hear. Uh -huh. They wanted to focus. And so, yeah, that's one of the, the, the things that I've learned. Uh, one of the uh, interesting things I've learned. And yeah, there are tons of comics that I see, you know, even new ones, new comics. They um, they write a joke and I'm like, oh, man, I should have, you know. I should have did that. Oh, yeah, what's well, wrong with me? That's a great joke. Yeah. You know? I do it all the time. Um, and comics and real true comics, if a joke is funny, we won't laugh. We just acknowledge it. Yeah, I go, hilarious. Yes. That's my, I go, oh my God. Yeah. It's hilarious. Or we'll say to each other, that's funny. Yeah. You know? But I also, too, but me being a comic, as long as I've been, but I also am a big fan of stand-up. Mm -hmm. So when I watch my friends or watch a show, mm -hmm. even though I'm watching and listening to the rhythm of jokes, mm -hmm. the setups, like, you know, how the songs go. Mm -hmm. And listening to the structure and the technical part, I'm still enjoying it like, like yeah. a person. And I will laugh. I have a very loud laugh. Mm. And it's very distinctive. Mm -hmm. And I love great comedy. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I'll die laughing. And I'll be like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And it, sometimes I think that can hurt you, too, because you love good comedy that when you look at these these new ones, it's hard for me. Because yeah. I know where the punchline, I know where they're going. You know exactly, you you beat them there, you're sitting there waiting yeah. to get to the punchline. Hey, I've been waiting for you to get here. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah. But that also comes from an experience that I look at them and I step out of it and think of it as a, like, you know, I always think of comedy, I tell like New Jacks, think of it as giving birth to a child. Mm. You know, you're, if you've been doing comedy a year, you have a one-year-old child. What mm -hmm. is that year-old going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Not much. He may have a couple words. Mm -hmm. He could barely stand up without falling down. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to be like four or five years. I go, that's where the growth spurts happen. Mm -hmm. Now it's all baby talk. And I don't want to do those old jokes. That's baby talk. Right. I'm a big boy now. Right. You know, right. and it, just think of it as evolving as an age. You get to be a teenager. Mm -hmm. Then you become a 20 and 30 and 40 years in. And it's just, I always think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And... So what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, but no, but like it's their experience. It's where they are. Right. And I step out and I go, they're two years in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, that's where, yeah, they're right where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still hard to watch. Yeah, it's, it really it's is. really hard, especially when you're spoiled, when you're like, you know, when you're as great as you. <laughs> I paid my dues, though. Oh, yeah, you have. I paid my dues. I know. That's why you're great, because you paid your dues. Right. You know, it wasn't easy for you. No. Nothing was handed to you. No. That's why you're as good as you are. <laughs> right. And we'll be right <laughs> now, another favorite, because you know us old heads love to sit around and tell street jokes. Mm -hmm. And Paul Mooney used to close his set every night with street jokes, mm -hmm. but he would Mooney-ize them. Right. And right. I love the way he tells a street joke. And I, you know, we all have our go-to street jokes, especially when idiots go, hey, you're a comic, tell me a joke. You know, I'm going to tell you something. When people say, say that to me, mm -hmm. tell me a joke, I say, okay, you're good looking. Good night. <laughs> and that usually shuts them right Yeah. Up. So, so yeah. So, I, I, I've done that many times. I've done it. Man, I done it. I was at a, a movie uh, movie theater, and um, this guy found out someone recognized me in, in line. And so the guy at the counter, the guy that you know was working mm -hmm. the machine, whatever, he said, "You're a comedian. Say something funny." I said, "Okay, you're good looking." And the manager heard it. He goes, "I'm giving you free tickets." <laughs> so we got free tickets. Yes. Many times, anytime he goes, anytime you want to come to this, just 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 be here. To, be here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that so that works. Um, Hilarious, but yeah, there there are a few go to like uh, um, jokes, but um, the one I heard lately that I've been telling lately <laughs> that makes me laugh um, is the um, the the mama cow and the three baby cows or baby calves. I I tell you, you know, that was a joke. Okay, so it was a <laughs> a mother cow and uh, she has a three uh, calves under a tree, and um, so the first 
uh, cap. His name is Sunshine. And he says, Mama, why is my name Sunshine? And the mother cow says, well, as soon as you're born, Sunshine hit your, hit your forehead, and that's why we named you Sunshine. I said, oh. The second one, his name was Butterfly. And Butterfly said, Mama, why is my name Butterfly? Same reason, Butterfly, is that when you're, as soon as you're born, uh, 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 a butterfly landed on your forehead, and we named you Butterfly. And the third one, his name was Cinderblock. And he said, blah, blah, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just love making that noise. That's a great noise. That's why. <laughs> anytime I can make a noise, I'm in. I'm in. I'm so there. I fucking love you so much, oh, Holly. Oh, that's really like, beautiful. Thing. You are amazing, and I just adore you, and I look up to you. and Because well, I'm taller. How tall are you? 5'8". Okay, I'm 5'10", so... Bastard. <laughs> that does it. Get out. <laughs> All right, where could... Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and if there's anything you want to plug. Um. Yeah, Um. let's see. Uh, when does this air? When, when you're... Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Uh, the next day. So this is Mondays at noon. Okay, I'll be at the comic strip Um. where we are right now. I'll be in the first weekend, November 3rd and 4th comic strip um let's see uh i do want to promote my show at the at lincoln center oh yeah i'm curator at the lincoln center oh cute and i have a show called jokes and jazz love that and that'll be december 8th Ooh. at at, it, at the atrium and it's exactly what it is is uh jazz and then what's really cool is that the lights go down and then there's a spotlight and the comedians come up and we have three comedians and then the light changes again it goes back to jazz so it's jokes and jazz at Lincoln Center, December eighth. I'm the curator of that. And uh, who's on the show? Um, we have uh, Willern. Uh, uh, what was his last name? Oh my god. Um, oh my god, I can't believe it. I forgot his last name. But hey, Willern. Uh, sure, Nana. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget his last name. But anyway, is it incredible? In fact, we had him for the last, um, geez, five shows. Oh. And he's perfect. He has a um a quartet, and then the comedians. Um, Daniel Torado, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mia Jackson, nice, and Louis Ramey. Perfect. Yeah, these these and perfect. It, the thing is, what I love about doing is that I get to handpick these comics yep. that that work perfectly in Lincoln Center. Love that. And um, yeah, Lincoln Center loves the show. And um, so yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of it. So December eighth, uh, Lincoln Center. It's called Jokes and Jazz. Where can they get tickets? It's free. Well, shit, that's my favorite word. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. You're out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, and we it's it's always packed. It's always well, packed. people imagine. get people get the people people know about it now, and they get there like an hour before. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Fun. So, yeah. And where can they find you on the socials? Oh Lord have mercy, uh, Wally Collins, W A L I Collins, C O L L I N S, on all of them. The on the Twitter, on the on Facebook, the Twitter, on, on AOL chat. <laughs> On the X now, yeah, in an X, yeah, um, can't even go on the TikTok, yeah. So, but um, uh, Instagram, yeah, well, perfect, yeah. awesome. I love you so much. Thanks for being Thank here. You. This has been another edition of Old School New School Comedy. Check us out every Monday at twelve noon, and don't forget to follow us at Old School New School Comedy on Instagram, and you can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy as well. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the show. We love you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>